Hello and welcome to That Missionary Life for those of us who are back in this American life but still want to talk about that missionary life. Um, These are our stories and hindsight. It is Halloween 2022, Uh, but what that really means to me is that it is exactly two years today that we arrived in the United States from Brazil with eight suitcases, and it's a Monday, um, so everybody's not, like, not really sure what to do about Halloween on a Monday, so they celebrate the weekend before, Um. And I'm just feeling very Monday-ish and very in my feelings. And I think I just need to take some time to process and think and be like, wow, it's been two years. That, that was a really big deal that happened two years ago. Last night was really special. Um, we celebrated Jeff Turner's 39th birthday Um, which was really cool because Dawson and Denicia came. Um, We were there. The Turners were there. I mean, lots of other people were there too, but we were all in one corner for a minute and Jeff called out, hey, where's the Kirby's? (laughs) Um, Because we were thinking of so many different Taco Tuesdays over the years um, that we had shared in Brazil and so many Halloween slash Jeff birthday parties since his birthday is on Halloween, um, that we would dress up and get together, um, us Americans in Brazil and celebrate an American holiday slash birthday party, um, just in a fun way. Uh, and just feeling, I don't know, home-ish. It was a really it was a space where we felt, you know, we're speaking English, we're eating American food, and just kind of like a break spot that was really special. And so celebrating that was just exactly what I wanted to do. And it meant a lot to me. So what do you do? How do you look back on anniversaries of big important things that happened in your life um how do you feel the feelings so you can keep moving with life and not how do you hold space and lament in a sense so that you can process and work through and let go and move on in a healthy way while not letting go of everything because that is something important to you Um, so I know for me, like today I'm totally noticing that I'm avoiding the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is we've been gone for Brazil two years ago. It's the two year anniversary. This is something that, um, means something to me. It touches an emotional spot. And so I need to sit and figure this out. Um, and I can just push it, push it, push it till it becomes something very unhealthy or I can sit and I can deal. So that's what I'm doing. I'm sitting here. I'm talking. I'm dealing. I just watched the YouTube videos from two years ago we made of the process. I'm so grateful um, to have that video report, I guess you could say, of our lives. Um, it means so much to me. Um, I did. I put a lot of work into that, but it was definitely a great choice, and I'm so 
glad we have it. And I love looking back on many important anniversaries. We look back at our videos and it's a special way of remembering those little bits of time, um, little moments that we would have forgotten. Like we might've remembered the general thing, but those little bits, like I totally watched the video and I had completely forgotten that I took the ham sandwich from our flight <laughs> Our flight from Sao Paulo to Atlanta, I brought our ham sandwiches from breakfast that they had just given us on the plane because the girls hadn't eaten it. And I was like, they're going to get hungry in like one hour because they give us breakfast at, you know, like five o'clock in the morning. And the girls were like, Meh. so I brought the sandwich and then we went through customs and they're like, they actually gave Cade a mark on his passport <laughs> Because he brought ham into the country. I mean, he's the head of the house. Apparently, that's why they gave it to him, even though I was obviously the one who had the sandwich. They put it on his passport. Um, so I don't know. That's just interesting on so many different levels. Um, and I need to remember not to bring... I had forgotten about that, you know, but I watched the video. <laughs> and it reminded me... Um, so I had, before leaving Brazil, um, we actually, you know, left in the middle of the pandemic. So the pandemic started, you know, in March 2020, and we left in October, the end of October 2020. So we were there for quite a bit of the pandemic, and it was definitely during the pandemic that we had made the decision to come back to the United States. And um, so during that time, uh, I kept a journal and it's called Leaving Brazil, The Mental and Emotional Journey. And I have not opened this for two years. So I am going to sit and look and read and spend some time feeling and probably crying. I feel like I've been holding back tears um, yesterday and today that need to come out. So I'm just going to let that happen. Um so that life can continue in a healthy way. And this is a healthy step. I'm wondering how do you do your healthy steps? You know, all of us have these kind of anniversaries. All of us have issues that we need to stop and feel and lament. Because um, if we don't, we will screw up our lives and the lives of those we love. <laughs> so how do you do these things? Um, I talk about what it was like to tell people that we were leaving um, and how they responded with such grace and kindness. And I was like, it always, it almost feels like divorce. Like I'm getting a divorce with Brazil. And the problem is I love it so much. I'm sure all divorcees are rolling their eyes at me, but whatever. I'm leaving my home, my people, my climate, my food, my culture. Well, the good parts of it. Brazil hasn't always treated me right. It's true. In many ways, I've never been able to break in, to catch the code or whatnot. I've never become Brazilian. And at times, the differences stung me so bad. I didn't always treat Brazil right either, with my white savior ideas and push-ahead attitude. I never cared to really learn her language right, and I'm sorry. I know it's a right step, but I never wanted a divorce. Here's something neat. I actually wrote down the five kinds of therapy that I need. So here we go. Take notes. This is pretty great. Number one, in-person, alone therapy. That would be like writing in my journal, sitting in some place in nature, just looking at the clouds, processing the silence, the writing. That's how I like that alone. In person, together. Um, and that's 
like with Cade, especially, you know, marriage stuff. We did marriage counseling, um, working out transitioning to the United States. We had to do that together. Um, like you have to do stuff alone, but together. So in person alone, in person together, in person with counselor, just me by myself in a counselor. <laughs> so definitely three different kinds. And then I also put socializing with my girls, like those special women that really feed into me and that there's something really powerful and important about that. And then socializing in general, um, being with other people, having community. So definitely all five of those therapy bits are needed um those those ways of doing therapy and I don't know this is kind of another one (laughs) I guess I don't know if I would call this socializing in general it's me by myself talking to I'm not sure who right now that's listening I don't know maybe that's a a different kind of therapy but I have so appreciated being able to talk about missionary stuff having a place to be like this is my place to talk about it So, thanks. As I read through the journal of leaving Brazil, um, it just becomes very clear, and this is what I wrote, I am called to leaving well and to show others what leaving well looks like, to address issues, to be honest, to continue investing in relationships, to joy, to not take it personal, to share grace. Um, and I'm just so grateful for feeling so specifically that it was a calling to leave well and to arrive well (laughs) and to transition well and just to take that time. Um, it was so important. And I made a list of, I am called to leave well, whether or not, da, 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 da whether or not, da, 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 da. And I wrote out things that I was not sure how they were going to go. Um, I wasn't sure about a lot of things that I looking now, two years later, I'm like, oh my gosh, it worked out so well, so easily, so smoothly. I didn't have to worry about all those things, but I didn't know that at the time, you know, (laughs) and just to write down, you know, I'm called to leave well, even if it doesn't work out well, um, was really important and was an important decision that we made. Just a few days before we left, I wrote this. When the fog of all the details of moving cleared and I could really think, I just knew this. God put a great love for Brazil in my heart, and I felt so honored and privileged to serve here, to just be here. I remember being so amazed that this was my life. This was what I got to do. None of that made it any easier. Most of the hardest things in my life were in Brazil, as most of my adult life was in Brazil. For the first years, it felt like Brazil itself kept kicking me out with my visa problems. And then I had two babies in Brazil. And now after 17 years, I'm going back and can tell my mom I'm home. Back in the U.S., I wrote, Everything is moving so fast, and I know it has to. Getting a car and buying things and working still. But it just feels so uncomfortable after having everything down to a nice system in Brazil. And uncomfortable feels out of control. And out of control feels like I'm losing control. And losing control feels a bit like betrayal. And betrayal feels like I'm losing who I am and wondering who I was anyways. And betrayal makes me angry. And a loss of self makes me feel sad and lost. 
and I just don't know where to start and I'll just focus on today and oh my word, today has so much stuff that I don't have to worry about anything else for a long while. So this was, I think, one of the hardest things after coming back was I sat in the bathtub and I cried and I said to myself, when do I stop reminding the girls about Brazil? To make it easier for them to move on. Because it was so, I just found myself over and over saying, oh, isn't this like in Brazil? And to remember this, and we had friends that would send us messages every day for the first couple weeks. And um, after a while, I had to make a choice. Was I going to read them to the girls? Was I going to show them to the girls? Or was I just going to enjoy them myself? Keep them to myself so that they could adjust. Um, and I... I think in parenting, we don't talk about and we don't think about enough, at least, um, how we are making decisions in our lives that completely affect other human beings, our children. And figuring out how to deal with them for us is one whole complete process. And especially when your kids are little, you have you also have to figure out what that process is going to look like and be for your children. How you're going to prepare them. How you're going to show them when are you going to stop talking about something or reminding them of Brazil to help them move on. What is the best way for them? And, um, you know, if we as parents are not willing to work through how we're going to do it for ourselves. There's no way we're going to get to a place of where we figured out how to deal with it for our kids. So, I mean, I definitely feel like we owe it to our kids to work through it ourselves. So this kind of transitions into um, talking about when I got to go back to Brazil. So after a year and eight months, um, this July, I was able to lead a missions trip to Brazil. And... I had no idea how grounding it would be. I knew it would be many things for me, (laughs) but I think what has stuck with me um, as we've come back and I've thought about it and I wanted to do a podcast about it and it just never happened and I put it off and and now here it is. Um, I needed to go back to Brazil. Um, When I look back and I was thinking like, what did I really want to do? For my 40th birthday, it was go to Brazil. Um, that's that's what I wanted. That was that was happy birthday to Rachel <laughs> present. And it settled something in me that needed to be settled that um I didn't really know was there. I couldn't have told you it was there, but and I don't even know how to explain it very well, but it just did, and I'm so grateful for it. Um, but I after coming back, I did a debrief for our teammates. We always have two meetings and debriefing, and oh my goodness, it's it's really good. I was like, I'm using this stuff myself. I need this debrief for myself. Um, so you know it's good if you are using it yourself, so that's good. Um, but I wrote down the top five things that I feel like I learned from the trip, and I wanted to share them here. Number one um, was giving my kids the best is giving them the example of walking and doing life with God. 
hopefully I get a chance to show them Brazil sometime as well. So that was the first thing I wrote down. And I wrote that down because I had a very big, I don't know, I would say breakthrough in Brazil. Um, so I was in Brazil and it was wonderful. It was great. We were doing all this stuff. It's busy. You know, you have no time to think. But I noticed that I was very, very emotional and sensitive, specifically with moms and kids. And I was like, what is this about? Like, I know I love kids. I've always loved kids, but why, why this is extra. Like, what is this feeling? And, um, I got a little sick on Sunday night and I had to stay home and I was, I don't know, just the dam broke. I was crying in the shower cause that's what you do in the shower. And, um, I realized that there was a part of me that hadn't like I'd taken so much time to surrender so many things <laughs> before we left Brazil and, and to continue to work to surrender those things when we came back. Um, but what I hadn't really noticed or really realized that I had needed was surrendering the desire that I had to mother my children in Brazil. And the desire that I had to give my children the best. And I put the best in quotation marks because I think every parent has this vision of what is the best? What is the best thing that I can give my kids? And I feel like that's most of what the American dream is, is each of us declaring what is the best and then working ourselves, some of us to death, working ourselves to death to give our children what we have decided is quote unquote the best. And for me, the best was Brazil. Like, to me, that's the best. And I wanted to give my children the best. And so coming back to America was important. It was good. And I know 100% the best choice for our family, for my girls. But it was also laying aside a deep desire that I had for my girls And so the truth that I wrote down was giving my kids the best is giving them the example of walking and doing life with God. And part of that lot walking and doing life with God was us coming back to America. And I know that that is the best that I can give my girls. Um, And I also had a hope of like, hey, when my kids are older, I want to take like at least a month and go to Brazil with them and do life and Show them all those things. All those things that I love so much. The second of five things that I wrote down from this trip was that traveling was exhausting. I need to try to figure out a way if I could arrive early or stay late. Um, So over all my years, I always traveled to Brazil, which was tiring. But then I had recuperation days. I stayed for, you know, at least three months or more (laughs) each of those times. So the whole thing of traveling two times to Brazil and back in nine days is so much travel. Oh, my goodness. Short-term missions trips are a little brutal with the travel part. Um, and then leading the trip as well. Oh, so anyways, I don't know how I'm going to fix that, but I'm going to work on that. Number three was I can't make the trip about me. Um, I need to make sure I get to see all my people and have my emotional needs met, uh, before the trip, not, not by the trip. Does that, does that make sense? Like I, 
I think it went well this time. It was a small trip. Um, we were able to have my friends come visit like in the evenings and go out to dinner with them and do different things. Um, but I, looking at it, I can see that there were times that I really, really wanted to, or I did, I made the trip more about me. And that, that that's not what it's supposed to be, especially not as a leader to be serving others. So I really need to look at this in an honest way and not make the trip about me. Um, and I think that's important for every person who goes on a missions trip. Obviously, in a very real sense, this trip is definitely about you. You're paying for it. You're putting your life at hold in the United States to go to another country to share, to give. It's definitely about you. Um, but to make it about yourself and like have those emotional needs, <laughs> that gets a dangerous place really quick. Anyways, number four that I put of what I learned was Brazil is beautiful and home to my heart and I will always love it. And that doesn't go away and it doesn't need to be forced. It doesn't need to be forced to go away and it doesn't need to be forced to stay. It's something that's super natural and it's just, it is what it is. And that's a really beautiful thing to just let it, let it be. Um, and number five is um, God loves my kids even more than I do and brings people into their lives as they need it and he will continue to do so. So this is very important for me with Living Stones. When I say my kids here, I do not mean Jessica and Sophia. I mean um, my 250 Living Stones children um, that God loves even more than I do. And it was just so good to see, even though I wasn't there. And I think part of me did worry, hey, if I'm not here, who's going to take care of them? You know, like <laughs> any parent or any person that feels like they're parenting or helping um, in a situation feels that way. Um, but trusting that God loves them so much and he has faithfully and he will continue to faithfully bring people into their lives. It doesn't have to be me. I don't have to fill all of the needs. I'm not supposed to, and it's unhealthy to think that I need to. Um, and he will continue to bring people that will do that. Um, and I can trust that. Oh my gosh. So important. This episode went much longer than most of them. And so thank you for staying with me, but, uh, I just wanted to share a little bit about my transition how I transitioned, what were important things that I needed that I that came up during the transitioning um, on this anniversary of my transition <laughs> uh, back home from this serving overseas. Uh, so I, as always, would love to hear about your transitions. Um, I'm talking with Jeff Turner and hopefully he will be a guest on one of these episodes um, talking about some of his transitions and how we can do better, um, especially as people in America receiving missionaries back. Um, So in my journal, I wrote the two best things that our churches did for us when we came back, our supporting churches, the two best things they did was one said, let us pay for your transitional housing. So we needed a place to stay for a month while we could find a new place to stay before we were visiting family. Um, And one of the churches, our churches stepped up and said, we will pay that bill. Give us the bill, stay where you need to stay. We will pay for it. And that 
freed us up to do so many things. And the second thing was um, our home church showered us with uh, food, uh, what are they called? Gift cards, gift cards for food, especially Aldi. <laughs> Walmart gift cards are overwhelming. I love Walmart gift cards too, but, um, we, one church gave us just a lot of different gift cards for Aldi. Um, the first couple weeks, all I could handle was Aldi, um, cause there's less choices, uh, during the transition. You just some need some things to be less choices. Um, and, uh, a different church gave us a very big, uh, gift card for Target, which helped with a lot of the clothing and, uh, um, furniture needs, uh, like laundry baskets. Like I needed a bazillion laundry baskets. Laundry baskets are not cheap. Why are laundry baskets not, baskets not cheap? I don't know. Um, but those were some, those are two major specific things that helped us in transition. Um, so I would love to know how you've dealt with transition, how you deal with transition, how we can deal with transition better, um, how we can help other people deal with transition better. So these are all the things that I think are important and I'm so happy to talk to you about so in closing those are some musings from someone who is very much involved in this american life but just really wants to talk about that missionary life stories and hindsights Mm -hmm.